Welcome back to the Dustin Old Father Show, where we bring you extraordinary people from around the world to talk life, business, strategy, and whatever happens to come to mind to help you become even more extraordinary. I'm Dustin Old Father, and this is my podcast. This is Dustin Old Father. I'm joined by my wonderful, amazing friend and extraordinary John Wentworth. Uh, Johnny is runs an amazing team, one of the top producing teams in the country. Uh, Remax, oh, excuse me. Whoa. Never mind. Uh, John, John, can you tell tell us a little bit about your business? Oh wow! So um, we went independent uh, just uh, in 2018 uh, through a lot of growth and through a lot of um, struggles. And uh, so our team is you know right now comprised of about uh, 25 to 27 people. You know it's kind of a always moving target, Um, but uh, fully staffed for all of our agents. You know, as we built the team, I thought one of the important things was, you know, understanding that the agents need to be focused on servicing the client and not pushing paper, if you will. And so <clears throat> just kind of built it off that foundation on how, you know, when I was all by myself, you know, how we built it from there. And so it's just grown. Um, we've got an amazing culture. Um, it's definitely a family. Um, <clears throat> and, you know, we're just focused on servicing the community, uh, not just in real estate, but in other facets also. So. Mm-hmm. Right. And, uh, you know, I know this is going to be sensitive for both of us. Hope, hope we don't cry. Uh, and, <laughs> but I want to get back to your origin story because what you've been through is incredible. And, um, you know, in as sensitive a way as you can share, mm-hmm. um, can you tell us a little bit about your story and, and how things started for you and, and uh, how you got to, um, to the place where you decided that every day was going to be your day? I love it. Um, so, you know, I, I think it's a great question to lead with because I think too often people see successful people and they say, oh, <clears throat> they've got it made or, you know, um, you know, I always go back to the billboard, right? Because we're on billboards and I hate that. It's the most annoying thing to put yourself on a billboard, but we also have to do it. It's Yeah, exactly. Like it's part of what we do. <laughs> do that again. <laughs> But it's part of what we do. And, and I think that, you know, I use that billboards um, uh, scenario because people see what they see and they don't understand everything behind it. And, you know, everything behind uh, the things, you know, that I've essentially endured in my life, you know, um, let, led and started inside of my childhood. You know, I was in an abusive family. Uh, I was um, abused by my mother. I was molested by my mother. Um, and, and, you know, through that, you know, we're talking being four five, six years old, um, you know, and, and then ultimately she committed suicide and, you know, she did it in a manner that I was the only one that could find her. You know, we were, uh, I was getting ready for school and my dad was at work. Um, you know, I think often we, we always think about the, the man being the abuser in these families. And in this case, it was, you know, the opposite. And, uh, I was trying to get ready for school. I, I couldn't um, get my sweatshirt on over my head. So I went looking for my mom everywhere. And, uh, <clears throat> you know, from, from the very upstairs down to the main level. And then I went down in the basement. I turned the corner and, you know, she was hanging there. And, uh, you know, in that moment, um, you, you learn, you know, children are very, 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 uh, you know, there's a lot of, ability for children to block. There's a lot of ability for, for children to get through tough things. There's a lot of ability because they don't know any different. 
you know, our society tells us as adults or, or as we be, start to become adults that you can't, you can't do this or you can do this or you'll only do that. And, you know, just what I've learned through that is that we can really do anything that we want to do. <clears throat> and so, you know, af- after my, my mother passed, um, you know, my dad, he just kind of, uh, he became very angry. Um, and it's funny because I never told this story ever, right, until about six years ago at a church function. Um, and what I realized is that as, as bad as all that was, that's not what hurt. What hurt was the next you know, 20 years, you know, living that daily abuse now from my dad. And, and, uh, and I don't hold any resentment towards him or, or her. Um, I've forgiven both of them. Thank you, you know, to the relationship that I have with God. But up until then, it was just totally blocked. I didn't know how old I was when she passed. I didn't know a lot of things. And then when I prepared for the speech that I shared at church, then I really started to dive deep into that and, and understand it. <clears throat> but kids, you know, are, um, I'm, I'm trying to place the right word. Um, they can endure a lot you know, and so that was a tough situation, but growing up daily with that abuse, you know, my dad just, look, he was hurt, right? I'm sure he blamed himself. Uh, He had no relationship with God. Uh, He became abusive. He became a very bad alcoholic. Um, And he just, you know, he carried a lot of hate in his heart. And I got to live it every single day. You know, Um, every single day I was told I would never amount to shit. Every single day, I was, I was, you know, almost harassed. I mean, as odd as it sounds, my dad would do really weird shit. Um, I'd come home from school and our dog would be gone. Like it was his way of preparing me for additional loss. And I think you highlighted something. And this is vodka. Yeah. No. <laughs> yeah, for that conversation, maybe it's worth it. Um, yeah, I, I uh, you know, my, um, my my uncle passed actually this week, and he was uh, oh. in the in the military. A super tough guy, um, uh, boots on the ground in Vietnam, and uh, handled it a little bit differently. Uh, but I also experienced a little bit of that uh, from my father after he came back from Vietnam. And um, I think there is a part of that generation that wanted to toughen up, you know, t- toughen us up as men. Yeah. It's a different environment now, um, and uh, you know. In ways like we've benefited from it, in other ways you, you know, I think probably both you and I, and I have, certainly haven't endured anything like like you have, but wish that maybe that was a little bit different, a little bit softer, and you know, a little bit cushier. But um, in a in a way, you know, that leads us to becoming who we are, and is a part of, you know, like Tony Robbins says, if you're going to give them the blame, you also have to give them the credit, yeah. and um, and you you've blossomed into just this amazing person affecting so many lives and genuine, I mean, sincerely making a difference every day. It's not a cliche. It's not a billboard. It's not, you know, a park bench. It's you are really making a difference in the world and something I'm really proud of for you and and admire you for. One of the things that, that, you know, I've learned from your story is that there is this moment where you get to decide about the abuse or about the trauma um, share with us a little bit about what you learned and, and what other people can take away from that who may have been through something tough. Yeah, you know, I think that, you know, when you talk about the we get to decide thing, you know, people always say to me, how are you, how are you always happy? Like, you know, 
I'm always happy. I'm always in a good mood. I don't wake up and then go, okay, now I'm going to turn this knob and I'm going to almost pretend to be happy. I'm happy all the time. And I think it just goes back to you, how could I not be, right? I mean, the truth is I'm lucky to be alive. Yeah, but you, you, could, you could take the mindset that you have every reason not to be happy because of what you've endured. Yeah, but that's just, you know, I think that, and, and I think, you know, one of, one of the things that, that in my time and space of, of my life, one of the things that I can't stand, and, and I probably am a little bit too um, willing to share this, daily but i just hate excuses you know um i i i I hate when people say i'll try you know that's such bullshit it's the worst it's it's bullshit it's defeating so so you're not planning to do it then right exactly you know i always say when people say i will they won't because the true people that are going to do it do it and the people that talk about it talk about it and so you know when when it goes back to to making a choice of just how you're going to live your life each day I mean, what am I going to, you know, moping and sulking and feeling sorry for yourself will get you absolutely nowhere in life. You've got to make, and again, it's not a daily decision. You know, I I guess for me, it's just been ingrained into me that if I'm being beat up every second of my life, well, then I may as well just be happy. You're going to take the beatings either way, right? Yeah. And so if I give into that, then, you know, it, Here's, here's something interesting. You talked about, you know, today's society and our children and all those things. You know, and a lot of the things that my dad instilled in me, I am thankful for. You know, uh, I mean, I come home from school, our dog's gone. You know, I come home from school, our rabbit's gone. I love that rabbit, too. My dad told me he chewed the lock off the cage, and I thought he was, like, the strongest rabbit ever. But, but Full disclosure, we had rabbits, and my dad let, you know, <laughs> they disappeared one afternoon also. <laughs> So, you know, my dad had this strange way of preparing me for loss. And also, I think thinking that he was toughening me up. You know, I played goalie and I, I always had these aspirations of, of uh, being an Olympic a goalie, right? Because, you know, back then with the U.S. team winning gold and all of that. And I remember saying, I'm going to be an All-American. And he would say, you already are. You're an All-American fucko. Right? And these are the things, this daily, barrage, this, da- this daily barrage, daily barrage, daily barrage, daily barrage. And I think the truth is that when I finally, I don't want to say found myself, but when I finally recognized, okay, I had to control this, I just cut myself off from my dad. And I think too often people, I mean, we talk about people staying in bad relationships. Well, it's even more difficult when it's your family. To right. You can't off. walk away from, you know, especially as but a you have to, youth. you yeah. have to, it doesn't matter if your family or not, you've got to be willing to walk away because otherwise you're just, you know, you're, you're compromising yourself at the point when you have a chance to change it. So I digress a little bit there, but um, fire away. (laughs) (laughs) I'm going to move in another direction. John, who's on your Mount Rushmore? Who are are four people in your life that have really inspired you and you'd like other people to know about? Oh, wow. And why? I've never been asked. I've never been asked that. I like that question. Um, I'm not one of those people that gets awed by others. the people that awe me are the people that are kind, caring, compassionate, right, and, and genuine about that. Um, I, I don't give a shit about athletes. I mean, great for them, but that's, you know, I don't look at an athlete and go, oh, wow, because I can do that, right? Not from, I'm not going to slam dunk from half court, but my point is the will that they show, the, per, you know, the perseverance that they show. I've got that in me. So what do I need to watch them? Um, <clears throat> I would say, 
gosh, that's a, I, I've never been asked that. And when I, there's so many people, there aren't, there's no Mount Rushmore. There's a Grand Canyon of people um, because they all have just little bits and pieces that I can tie into. So I do tie into other things that people possess, right? I don't become in awe of them. I don't go, oh, wow. Um, for the only time I've ever gotten an autograph from another human being is when I had mm. Gary V autograph those shoes for mm. me. Um, but that was for my, for my son. Mm. Um, so, you know, any, anybody that I can watch that's committed to doing what they're doing daily, right? Um, that, those are people that I can latch onto, people that are, you know, just true kind hearted people. And I, and I have a very, I don't have a lot of compassion for the people that don't have compassion for others. Which kind of leads me to your, your, my next question. You know, John, what's your definition of leadership? What do you think it um, means to be a good leader in, in today's society? I, I think first and foremost is you've got to be genuine, right? I think that you've got to lead with, um, with your heart. You know, I, I think that when you're leading with numbers and you make everything about numbers, it's hard to get behind that. You know, and and um, and look, you know, we built this team just by happenstance. I mean, now it's trendy, it's cool, right? Oh, let's build a team and do all of these things. And it wasn't a lot of fun yeah. in the beginning, was it? <laughs> well, it just you know, it, I, the I, whole I concept hadn't taken root. Nobody like we no. were we were a team before the teams were a thing. Now everybody's a team, and there's there's exactly. good to that, but you got to be you know on the bleeding edge, literally. You know, and people didn't understand the dynamics and oh, splits and it, yeah, it, it was tough. It was tough. I was there. Yeah, well, and, and you still, you you know, we still battle that. But I think you know, to be a, a leader, to be, um, you know, I look at um, people daily in my life that are really good leaders, and when you look around at that, there aren't a lot, you know, and so that's interesting to me because um, people are so often about themselves. And I think true leaders are about others, right? And, you know, in my business, I, I, I mean, if I cut our team in half, I'd make way more money, right? But that's not fulfilling for me. What's fulfilling is, you know, bringing somebody onto our team that maybe is struggling in real estate or is doing well, but still helping them see it a different way, kind of reconstruct that and put them in a position where they can earn more, serve more people and have more time with their family. So I think to me, a, a true leader is someone that puts themselves behind others. Now, don't get me wrong. I, I need to have a, you know, a, a thriving, profitable business or I can't help anyone. Uh, but to me, that's, that's a true leader. Someone that's, that's willing to put other people in, in front of their own needs and lift them up. And that's, you know, money. You know, money's a funny thing. Um, we all need it, right? To we a all point. Desires, to a point. We all have desires to do certain things in life. Um, I mean, I'm trying to book flights to go on spring break and I'm still conscious of the cost of that shit, right? Because it's expensive. And, <clears throat> but money cannot be what fulfills you. I mean, there's many, many millionaires that are unhappy. There's many millionaires that commit suicide. I mean, there's many, there's many people with tons of money that are not fulfilled. And so I'm just looking every day, how can I be fulfilled in my heart and soul? And, and really that's to me a, a leader. So I always want to keep things on the positive, but two questions, you know, what, what is the biggest, um, what is the, what is the biggest opportunity you see right now? And then what is the biggest problem that you see right now? You can answer them in whichever order you prefer. Inside of our industry. Open, you know, 
open check, which, whichever way you want to answer that. I mean, I think in, inside of our industry, the, the, the biggest uh, challenge, I, I always like to identify those first, I think, but the biggest challenge right now, I think, inside of our industry is recognizing that, you know, when I say this to our team all the time, when I kind of start to get a little bit frustrated, right, because I recognize that selling shit's easy. I mean, let's just be honest. Selling shit is easy. It's, it, it takes one component, truly, um, because it's not skill. You can develop skill. You, what you can't develop is true work ethic. And, and I think that's what's lacking so much inside of our industry. You know, there's so many people jumping into real estate now because it's great. It's so easy. And they have a couple of sales, you know, whether it's a friend, family member, and then they, they, they hit that big stall. And, and the truth is, you know, even on our team, I can provide support. I can provide leads. I can provide all kinds of opportunity. But if you're not willing to work your ass off, because it takes work, and if you're not willing to put in that work, no, nothing that, that anybody can give a realtor that isn't willing to just dive deep into the work, you can't help them because selling shit's easy. Selling, you know, the, the art of selling, I mean, there's no art to selling a home. Yes, you need to know some things about it. You're building relationships. You're building trust. And if you can do that, then you're going to have an opportunity to sell um, on the other end. So I think just people recognizing that the work needs to be done still. And at the same time, inside of our industry, there's so much noise now. You know, even I even find myself, Sharon said to me the other day, he goes, you can only go on Facebook twice a day, morning and night. I said, okay. Didn't work real well. Right. There's, so much stuff, there's so much noise coming at us. Everybody's doing this. I mean, holy cow. Everything on Facebook is a real estate coach or a life coach or a, you know, there's so much content coming at us. It's hard to decipher. You know, I often go through my Facebook and I leave group, leave group, leave group. Not because I don't love the people in them. I just can't absorb all of that content. So I think that's something that's very difficult. Um, and they want to be teams. But let's move to, to the positive. What do you, what's the biggest opportunity that you see right now? It's still people, right? I mean, that's the beautiful thing about real estate. It's still people. Um, you can talk about Zillow and, and you can talk about Redfin and you can talk about all this other shit. And the beautiful thing about real estate, I mean, this is why I love real estate. And this is why, you know, I, I, I really believe that when things start to go the other way and everything becomes more systems and more tools and more leads and more all of this, you go the opposite way and you just start going deeper in with people. Um, because at the end of the day, this is about the people. It's about building relationships. It's about building trust. And I think, <clears throat> no, the Zillows are going to exist. They're not going away, right? But it doesn't change our job. And our job is human connection um, and, and building trust and servicing people on a super high level. And so, hey, that's the biggest opportunity is diving back into, forget about all that shit. Dive back into the people you already know, love, and trust you. And I think there's a lot of opportunity there. John, if you could recommend one album, one film, and one book for the national curriculum, what would they be? Gosh, you know, this is really funny because you're asking me these questions that my mind doesn't think that way, right? I've read really, really and truly cover to cover. I've read two books in my life. Old Yeller, right? Because I just felt like I was that, that kid. And then Care and Training of the Trotter and Pacer. Well, well, let's I, get, well, take that a little bit further, though. That book has served you well. What, what did yeah. that book lead you into and, uh, from your youth and obviously that experience and to where it's brought you today? Because it sounds to me like that, that book actually had a pretty tremendous impact on your life. Well, it did. You know, when I was a senior in high school, I was playing hockey. 
Um, you know, I had opportunities to go play hockey after high school, <clears throat> but I went to the racetrack with the hockey team, you know, harness racing where, you know, it's not thoroughbreds like the Kentucky Derby. It's uh, they call it a sulky behind the horse. And I was like, that's what I want to do. Quit playing hockey. Like didn't play again. I mean, I finished the season, but uh, within a couple of weeks I was out playing in stalls. I'd never touched a horse in my life. And so I think this is, I think, what what drives someone? What makes someone, uh, you know, have the ability to be successful in any arena? You've got to be passionate about something. And that's kind of, that's, I, I'm all or nothing. I'm either all in. And when I'm all in, I'm even willing to read a book. And that shit was this thick. I mean, it was huge. <clears throat> so I start cleaning stalls. I get into horse racing. I have no knowledge of anything. I've literally never touched a horse in my life. And, uh, you know, within five years, I was one of the leading drivers and trainers in North America and wow. you know, it took me all over. It was, it was a wonderful thing, but the industry died in Michigan and it was either move and be gone, which I did. I, I lived in Montreal for a while or stop racing, come back. And, and I got into real estate. And the funny part is there's a third book I forgot about. And that was that Keller Williams book about million dollar agent or some shit. I don't know. John, I think you <laughs> I think you're making a case to read more books <laughs> because you had an extraordinary success, obviously in the equestrian world and, and an outrageous success in real estate. So uh, uh, maybe some lessons there. What's one movie, what's one movie that you think everybody should watch? Oh man, here we go again. One movie that I think everyone should watch secretariat. Secretariat. <laughs> Perfect. <laughs> Back to the horse. What does that mean to you, though? What's the message out of that movie that you think that people Anything's need to learn possible. from? Anything's possible. You know, I think that the truth is that we are our, you know, we set our own boundaries. And, and, and you've got to, you, we as people have to understand that the boundaries don't exist. You know, I mean, you look at Elon Musk. I mean, the guy is crazier and shit, right? But look at the things that he's doing. I mean, absolutely amazing. And because he doesn't buy into the mindset that everybody tells him he should buy into. And so I think, you know, Secretariat is a movie that really says, you know, no matter what's happening in life, no matter how tough, mm. no matter how down things are, you can't ever give up and that there's always opportunity and that really and truly anything is possible. And so for me, you know, I love that movie. I mean, that movie makes me cry every time. I, everything makes me cry. But that movie makes me cry all the time. You and I make each yeah. other cry. Very yeah. made it this far. <laughs> every time you introduce me in the 5 a.m. club, you got me crying. Like, uh, I got stuff to do. You know but what? I think that's, you know, that, that isn't about horse racing. It just happens to be, you know, it's like we're not about real estate. It just happens to be what we do. And that movie's not just about horse racing. It's a phenomenal story. Um, um, it's just something definitely people should check out. And it's a wonderful movie, I think, too, to watch with your children. You know, something that can really inspire them. Yeah. And I think your story is going to end up being in a movie someday as well. You're extraordinary, Johnny. I think that's a great place to stop. Have an amazing day.